Welcome to Double Vision, a reality recap podcast with Jules and Keens. Let's get into it. Jules. I am so excited to talk about the finale episode. Oh my gosh, me too. I can't believe we made it here to episode eight of Summer House Martha's Vineyard. I know it's been, it's gone by in a flash and I can't believe we have to say goodbye to our Summer House residents. I know until next time. Yes, absolutely. Can't wait to check in with them next season. Oh my gosh, especially the Coopers, but we'll get into that. Um, We're going to get into everything everyone just like settle in (laughs) this was definitely a jam-packed episode in ways that I had fully forgotten that so much happened in one episode yeah and it's all incredible just uh, chef's kiss this is a perfect end to what I consider to be a perfect season agreed I I honestly couldn't agree with you more (laughs) (laughs) okay should we jump right in yes let's do it Okay, so we're at the end of the road. Everyone's getting ready for their last night in the house. There's going to be a big, fancy party. And um, Jasmine says she's feeling ready to go home, which I I understand. Yeah, they're all sort of... uh thinking about what's happened over the, I guess, last few weeks. Um, Amir mentions why he's sad. He's like, oh, we won't be here anymore. I'm not going to see you all. And then it was actually Jasmine's response to that statement, which right. is <laughs> um, pretty shady. But, you know. If I was going home with Amir, I'd be like, great. This is fantastic. If I was going home with Silas, I'd be like, never let this vacation end. Oh, my gosh. Speaking of Silas, during this exact same conversation he starts being so passive aggressive about the food yeah like everyone's just kind of getting leftovers out of the fridge and hanging out in the kitchen he says i haven't eaten lunch so i'm hungry it's been tough right it's been so tough to be hungry for lunch apparently as an adult human man sure in a house with just like tupperware full of leftovers everywhere as far as i can tell right it seems like there is literally no lack of food in the entire house no there's like because they're constantly cooking these giant meals then putting everything up in the fridge Mm. what a dream you just wake up and there is a fridge full of leftovers you can eat whatever you want i mean we've seen how many times has bria been anywhere with like her mouth filled with food (laughs) like clearly these things are accessible so they're all in the kitchen or at least jasmine silas and amir are in the kitchen while this is happening Amir is sort of watching the situation and then he takes it upon himself to check in with Silas and say, hey, are are you all good? Yeah, because Jasmine basically kind of leaves the room and then she calls her granny for advice and talks about how Silas has been. She says that her parents were never married and the Huxables were her example growing up. Mm-hmm. Okay. She also talks about Claire Huxtable, who I believe was actually, like, so liberated compared to the the Cooper's marriage. Like, Claire really called the shots. I have to say, like, the Cosby show, I mean, we can't talk about it all. But, like, in its heyday when there seemed to be absolutely nothing wrong with it, it was, like, such a huge important thing in my house. Yeah. We weren't allowed to watch a lot of TV, but on Thursday nights we got to watch – 
the Cosby show and then sometimes a different world. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Right. A dream. And listen, I have been now, I think saying this joke for however many years it's been since all of the things about Bill Cosby as a human have come to light. But listen, I don't know Bill Cosby, but Heathcliff Huxtable, he helped raise me. Okay. That was, I mean, the persona, the family. And I think it, to me, I think it's really interesting that Jasmine uses that as an example because it was almost an unrealistic standard, right? So Claire Huxtable, as you know, was an attorney and had like five kids and was raising them all and was present enough to like make her husband sandwiches and like dinner every night and they didn't have a nanny or a housekeeper I mean it was very idealized right she was beautiful and confident and smart and capable but also like the perfect everything the perfect oh my gosh absolutely perfect and it's like obviously not just just not realistic it's a sitcom it's not a realistic like aspiration for anybody but like to feel like you're gonna have the same like power in your marriage as Claire and then not make any money I just feel like it's like you are not setting yourself up for success right I feel the exact same way and I I just think it's sad that your example of what it means to be a wife and to be part of a partnership is from a tv show instead of something that's in real life that has conflict and disagreements but that doesn't mean that you can't like love each other and figure it out but It is, but I do kind of feel like the Cosby show was sort of set up that way. It's like this is something we could all be aspiring to. Mm. Even, I mean, I know it's like, oh, God, Cosby's so problematic in the way that he, like, talked to the black community about what they should all be trying to do. And, like, I can't even get into that. But I'll just say, like, as a white kid growing up in an overwhelmingly white town, it was still, like, sort of an aspirational show. Mm -hmm. Um just from my perspective and it was it was sort of like this is what families should be like yeah agreed I I think that that I agree yeah so I I get where she's coming from and but it's also just like oh Cliff would never the way Silas is with Jasmine never never (laughs) right and so I mean we sort of cut back to Silas and Amir having this conversation and Silas is saying you know we're out of our routine Um, I stayed in my routine, but Jasmine hasn't stayed in hers and it's like messing things up and, you know, I haven't been able to eat. So I'm like really frustrated. And to me, my favorite part about this entire situation was cut to Amir's um, confessional where he's like, listen, loosen up. You're a grown ass man. You can do whatever you need to do in the kitchen. Yeah, just like feed yourself. Like what? Okay, so I just, as Claire would say, let the record show. <laughs> Silas is making such a big deal about uh, just about his routine. He just needs things to happen a certain time. Just want to put a little pin in that for future conversations, right? Um, yes, and let's not forget when he. I feel like I would call it sneak dissing his wife when he says, "Oh, I'm you know I'm a plan and execution person." Meanwhile, Jasmine is like, like made it seem like she's like fly by night, can't be 
And I'm like, what is happening also, here? What are you executing, Silas? Mm. Everyone's hanging out in the summer house getting filmed for a reality show. Like, what is this giant thing that you're trying to execute right now? Other than being <laughs> acting a fool on camera. <laughs> right. And our listeners can't see the depths of how I've rolled my eyes at all of this. But preach. Preach, Jules. <sighs> So um, everyone's getting ready to go out and walk on the African-American Heritage Trail. Mm -hmm. But Alex is going to hang back. He's preparing a little surprise for Nick. Right. But he tells everybody that he is, you know, doing sort of the planning for this big end of the summer event, Mm -hmm. uh, which he sort of calls like he does talk about a little bit in the beginning of the episode that they're setting up this performance that they really want to close out the experience with like something beautiful. So you get the impression that there is like maybe going to be some artistic expression from Alex. We know that he's a singer. And so everybody sort of says, Oh yeah, that makes sense. You have a lot on your plate. Yeah. But we don't know what he's cooking up. I know. (laughs) Um, so they go on this sort of walking trail with a tour guide and we learned that Martha's Vineyard was one of the first places that African-American people could own property. Mm-hmm. And many properties were in the Green Book. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with the Green Book? Somewhat. I actually remember it from that um, H.P. Lovecraft show on HBO. Oh, Lovecraft Country? Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, that was like my first exposure to the concept. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, conceptually, and I didn't watch Lovecraft Country, and I could please jump in and correct me if I'm wrong. I know I'm black, but that doesn't mean that I actually know all of the things. So from what I remember, so part of what the Green Book did is that it identified certain areas across the country that were safe for black people to frequent, right? So as we know, especially in the United States, like during the Jim Crow era, Um, travel, especially in the South, was very tense if you were black. To say the least. Right. And so part of the sort of creation of this Green Book was a guide to allow people to travel safely, um, to sort of identify areas that would welcome black people um, as opposed to those that would turn them away. I, I remember hearing at some point in my life like a story about uh, this family who was just trying to like spend the night um, because they were traveling across country to like move for like a better job or something. And it was like hotel after hotel, like denied them entry because they were black and they had to just like keep traveling to try and find a place to just lay their heads until they could start up traveling for the next day. And so the green book, as far as I remember, it was just really important. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's important for that reason. It's also important because some places are were so um, openly hostile, especially if you ended up driving after sunset. So mm-hmm. um, it was like not only to help you find places, but to avoid like really dangerous situations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So an important piece of it. And so the Oak Bluffs, it was included in the green book is i think what they said yeah they said three properties there yes oak bluffs is like the neighborhood that they're touring it's sort of the historic area Mm. okay and then there's a thing where 
we we talk about the wedding by Dorothy West, <laughs> and no one has read it. And I was like, "What is the wedding? I have never read it. I have no idea what the wedding is either." And okay. I, I mean, it sort of reminds. I know that it's not equitable, but it reminds me of somebody. So it reminds me of when there's like a regionally famous thing that you assume that everybody knows about yeah. because everybody in your town knows about it. <laughs> and so the way that the tour guide was like, well, you all, you, I'm sure you've all heard of the wedding. And then there's this like beat where everybody's looking around. Like, I have no idea what you're talking about. She was like shocked. And I was like, oh my gosh, is this something I like just totally missed and need to read? Right. And what's so funny is that, I can't remember if it was the first time or the second time I watched the episode, but when that happened, I was like, oh, by Jasmine Guillory. And that's the wedding date, (laughs) (laughs) which also wouldn't make any sense because it was like a a cute little romance. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So yeah, still to this day, have no idea what the wedding is, but it seems it's very important to the Oak Bluff community. So shout out to them. Yeah. Everyone check out The Wedding by Dorothy West and tell us how it is. Right. Um, So when they return, Jasmine's like cooking shrimp and rice for Silas. And then she realizes she has to run out to like do an errand. She truly runs out and she asks Amir to like finish up the shrimp and rice. We Mm -hmm. know he's a cook. And then Silas comes to eat his shrimp and rice and and Amir gives it to him. He's like, oh, okay, cool. Thanks. Acts like it's normal. And then like all hell breaks loose oh my gosh right so he eventually goes i can't remember does he go back upstairs he goes back upstairs and he calls jasmine while she's out running errands is like where's the iron she's like you really can't find it then he looks around and sees it uh that triggered me right so (laughs) triggered right and he's looking around as if he is so confused doesn't understand anything yeah and jasmine very calmly says listen take out your suit if you have it out, by the time I get home, I can steam it for you. The direction is very simple. Take out your suit and then your wife will steam it for you. Yeah. Then she, when she gets back, Silas is like, I'm just so confused. Why would you would leave when I'm like, tr- have to get ready? And he's like, you had so little time to get ready because you had to leave. And she's like, I left the food with Amir. So that you could eat. And he said, men don't bring each other food. No. Yeah. He literally says, men don't bring each other food. What? Now, okay, uh-huh. Silas, because I thought all you cared about was your routine. Right. But apparently you actually need Jasmine to be serving you. Mm-hmm. That's not about timing At or all. executing anything. Yes. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> right. We got Jules riled up. I'm- right. So livid. I mean, it's it should be laughable, but it's not the idea of a completely clueless man who can't seem to understand how to do basic human things. And it's kind of beyond like, I think, you know, we've all encountered strategic incompetence. And I think there's a strategy that perhaps is more likely on the masculine side of a relationship where it's just mm. like, oh, I, I just... I'm so bad at doing the dishes. And then you just end up have the other person just ends up doing them. But this is like beyond that. It's not even like he's just openly like you are supposed to be doing everything for me and it has to be you. Yeah. It can't be anybody else. You can't delegate these tasks to somebody. If you have something else going on, I need to physically see you doing it so that I know that it's being done by you 
because that's part of our quote unquote routine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was so gross. Then this entire conversation continues for what? Approximately 20 minutes. I mean, he won't let, he's just like haranguing her. Um, He's like, then it's like, he's not, she's not doing this fast enough. He's not going to be ready in time. And Jasmine's like, I, I figured it all out. I rushed into my errands. I got myself ready on time. I'm done. You're almost done. And he says, I'm done with no help from you. Right. Bro. I wanted you to be helping me get ready. And I had to do it without your help. Right. How dare this woman require her adult husband to get dressed without her assistance? Oh, my God. What? I'm like, what? I I on I paused because I'm like I I couldn't have heard that right. And the way that he was so impassioned when he said with no help from you as if, "Oh, that's a zinger. You should feel so bad that your poor husband had to put on his pants all by himself when you should have been here to help me." Like, do you hear yourself? Yeah, I mean, I think he keeps expecting her to to show guilt for it. And she's like, I do not feel guilty about this. Right. I I, honestly shout out to Jasmine for in that moment, standing up for herself. Right. Mm -hmm. She said, listen, at the end of the day, I could have already pressed your suit instead of all of this back and forth, instead of all of this complaining, like I could have done it because I planned appropriately. I'm ready. And I was willing to help you, but instead you just wanted to complain. Exactly. And she says, is there anything else you need help with? He says, I just be needing acknowledgement. Oh, (laughs) my God. It's like the fact that Silas is also bald does not help (laughs) him. Such a baby. Such a baby. Like he he comes off as such a big baby. And I'm like, oh, my God, you're exhausting. The only thing I can say that's a positive about this is that it's all on camera because you know that Jasmine probably gets gaslit about these conversations all the time or he didn't really say that or he didn't really mean that but no it's on the record let the record show (laughs) Silas is a big bald baby okay right um so Jasmine kind of goes and talks to Jordan about it Jordan's being a supportive listener um, they kind of show like people getting ready to for the party. Amir's like cleaning up and there's this lady just sitting there and he says like, oh, you did get here kind of fashionably early. She's like, the party, the, the invitation said 430. He's like, hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like someone coming too early to the party is real life. <laughs> I mean, and it, it was I thought it was so funny because he's like, come on, CP time. Like, but also don't be the guest that arrives right on time for a party. No, I feel, well, I will say my parents are in their 70s, so they always arrive early for everything. So sure. I feel like it's okay for them, kind of, even though sometimes it's like, okay, it's a lot. But like, it, I, I just feel like if I'm throwing a dinner party or something, I'm I'm gonna I'm behind. I need you to come at least 15 minutes late. Like not super late, but just like don't get there on the dot because I definitely need more time to get things done. Yeah, I mean I don't think that I've ever been to any event, ever that has started exactly on time, and that includes like 
things that should probably start on time. Yeah. But they just, they don't because things come up. You need a little bit of time. We need a, we need a little grace. Right. Oh man. But let's not forget actually there. Um, so I wrote down and probably because I am a Pisces. And so <laughs> I felt very personally attacked by this. Oh, <laughs> um, so when Jasmine and Jordan are discussing like sort of Jasmine's frustrations and she was being just very explicit, very real, like no facade, very authentic, very herself. And part of it was she talks about there being a gender breakdown. She talks about being absolutely exhausted. And then she blames Silas's, quote, Pisces energy. Listen, okay. Ah. Okay. (laughs) As a Pisces, and I know that I don't speak for every Pisces in the world, but Jasmine, how dare you? Right? Like, that is, listen, a good, and I'm a double Pisces, so I am a very, I am a. Okay, we're dealing with a double. What's your other one? Capricorn. Okay, Pisces sun, Pisces. Rising. Rising. Capricorn moon. Capricorn moon. Okay. Yeah. And so in that sense, right, I seem like a Pisces. I feel like a Pisces, but it's not about a level of complaints for me as the Pisces representative on this podcast. It is about being passionate about things, right? Seeing things the way that they should be to you and also the way that they are to the rest of the world. And I think it is a gift when it is done well. But I also think that um, Silas does not represent us in any no. way, shape, or form. I read that as Jordan's trying to be charitable to Silas and not be like, yeah, that guy's a jerk. You need to get away from him. <laughs> She's just trying to be like the most supportive girlfriend. Mm. So, but I feel you. Right. I feel you. I'm like, don't, don't you dare bring Pisces up. I've known some really nice Pisces. Not all of them, but some of them are really nice. <laughs> and so are we Are we going to clarify for the listeners whether I'm part of the nice Pisces? You're the, oh, you're in the good group. You and my sister. Yes. Um, before we get into an argument, should we take a break? <laughs> Perfect timing. I've gotten a beverage. I feel better. So uh, we return and the party is about to begin. So we meet uh, Alex's brother, Al. um, And Alex shares that when he was younger, he was very shy. And his brother, Al, was sort of his quote unquote voice. And it's, I thought, very endearing. But, you know, I think most things that Alex says and does is very endearing. Um, and then we see them completing the setup for the party. And at this point, Nick is directing candles go here, table settings there, a flower should go there. Actually, we want to put that on the high top, not the low top. We want to make sure that the you see the pop of green. We need that. Um, we need to bring that out a little bit more. Use this gold over there. And then cut to Alex in the backyard dancing. <laughs> and it was to me like a, a perfect representation of whenever there's a party being planned you need somebody that is so detail oriented that everything is picture perfect but you also need somebody that brings good vibes so they're Absolutely. a great team yes they really are <laughs> so complimentary together um Nick and Alex kind of call everyone out they're on the balcony and they mm. raise a glass and everybody looks so beautiful in their finery 
and they say to us to Martha yes uh, and they the title they title the um event like Martha's Vineyard Serenade right I wrote luau on the bluffs I don't know what I wrote <laughs> something on the bluffs something on the bluffs I can't read my own handwriting mm. but well so we know what's on the bluffs right we know what's happening right and so <laughs> while all of this is going on there are libations there's dancing someone named Josiah Bassley is playing the party and everyone seems to know the song do you know who Jai- Josiah Bassley is I do not. Okay. I didn't. I mean, you know, the way. He got a title card, so I was like, okay, is this person famous? Maybe, but the way that you recognize sports is how I recognize music, so. (gasps) You're kidding, really? Really. I didn't, like, the fact that you're saying this, I'm like, uh, the drummer? Like, I have no, I, I mean, I remember that being part of it, but I was like, then people played music. Okay. Okay. So you're like music happened. Yeah. And that's that's fine. I didn't know them either. I was just sort of like, wow, everybody knows this song, but it could be movie magic. You it know? could be, or I don't know. So there's a little surprise, right? Somebody has entered the house. Alex surprises Nick with his girlfriend Tasia. She's so cute. So cute. And we find out that she just got, um, she had just landed after a 20 hour flight from Africa. Yeah. She looks amazing. Uh, Amazing. She's so cute. Yeah. And they're just cute. They have a great vibe together. They're very sweet. He's like genuinely very happy to see her. Yeah. He like kisses her and then he like does that really sweet boyfriend thing where it's like, oh, I don't care if I have lipstick. It's your lipstick. Yeah. Which I'm like, oh, <laughs> that's cute. That was cute. Right. But yeah. Cut to Jordan in the confessional looking around. <laughs> did you write down what she said she's well all i wrote down was that she's like the only thing i can think of is if your girl only knew which is like a song about a man cheating yeah if if she only knew your boy came in single oh no (laughs) (laughs) oh shady right so back to the party Mm -hmm. alex sings a song he wrote with his brother and he has a lovely voice and summer cries the song is so beautiful she's weeping and i'm like maybe (laughs) i needed to be there in real time because you're right he does have a lovely voice but to bring me to tears i mean Mm. spoiler alert i think summer's been drinking (laughs) (laughs) this may portend some things to come Oh. Um, she asked Jordan, are you crying too? And Jordan says, no. <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> the dynamic is so like pure and hilarious. With and they're not even trying. Like this is this clearly isn't a moment that was trying it was like crafted. No, not at all. It's just something that production picked up with two people having vastly different reactions to like this same experience. And I I loved it. I was definitely here for it. So good. And now after the music, Simon announces to everyone at the party. He's like, I'm ready for party. And then he jumps in the pool with his clothes on. And I really think he thought other people were going to join him. But everyone's like, what? (laughs) (laughs) And it's 
I think what's so funny, because I can't actually remember, was was Simon there for the Truth or Dare episode? I don't think he was, mm, right? Doesn't uh, I don't think so. Or maybe he was not out there with them. If, yeah. Maybe. I just, it, to me, it felt like a callback to Nick jumping into the pool with mm-hmm. his clothes on. But it was sort of like, okay, we're at like an elegant affair. We're wearing tuxedos. Yeah. We're not going to jump in the pool. Someone was like, he's still got his watch on. Right? And, he, <laughs> and then it cuts to him looking so happy and so excited. He's loving. It's like a golden retriever jumping into the right? pool. Right? Like. He's He's having such a great time sitting in the jacuzzi fully clothed while everybody's like, what is happening here? And then he just like kind of walks into the house to change eventually. And he's like, yeah, like he's has no regrets whatsoever. Oh, none. Right. <laughs> and what's funny is that his changed outfit, like I guess his backup outfit looks just as if not even better. Yeah, he than... changes from his like black tie to like a cool brown suit. Right. Oh, which reminds me. So... When uh, we see, like, of course, everybody looks absolutely gorgeous, but I made a note of the fact that everybody is primarily in, like, these, like, soft, elegant colors, like, a lot of, like, whites and creams. Jasmine's wearing, like, this, like, really beautiful, like, yellow. Yeah, like, that, kind of an egg yolk yellow. Yeah. Like and then, meanwhile, Bria is in the brightest red dress I've oh, ever like seen. A, I loved it, though. It's a really nice sparkle, and I don't exactly know the fabric that gets this kind of sparkle, but it's, mm-hmm. like, a fine sparkle. And then it has like cutouts and a big silver snake going up the front. Mm-hmm. Like it's quite a lot, but it looks amazing on right. her. And, I mean, yes, Bria looks amazing, but yeah. she also doesn't look like she's going to the same event as everybody else. It could else. be worn at the club. It could be <laughs> like a really, you could be the queen of the club in this outfit. Right. Depending. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Oh man. Oh man. Okay. So after all of these, oh, so um, Simon jumped into the pool and then he's gone back in to change his clothes. And that's when Bria decides that she's going to check in on him. But she gets waylaid because she wants to check in on Tasia. She sees yes. Tasia sitting on the couch and she's like, oh, hello. Hello, hello. <laughs> she really tries it. Listen, when I like the way that I wrote so many times in my margins, reality TV gold, because it's like Bria. Oh my God. Bria knew exactly what she needed to do and she got the job done. Okay. Yes. So good. Bring her back. Put her on everything. I want to see her on like every housewife season. Like, oh, we God. need Bria. We need Bria. So she's like, how did you feel knowing Nick was coming into the house? Because we didn't know that you guys were together until the second week. Not true. It right. was not the second. It was like day five. Because there's a little Chiron that says nine days ago when he told everyone he had a girlfriend. They've been there for 14 days total. Mm. I did some summer house math. Yes. Yes, with the math. Come through, Jules. <laughs> right? And so, yes, she – But I think for me what was particularly funny is that when she goes to sit with Tasia on the couch, the first thing she opens with is like, yeah, this place has been like rehab while she has like a glass of wine. And Tasia was like, oh. Oh, 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 rehab and goes oh. to like take the wine out of her hand she's like no yes. no not like that but and i'm like okay oh, girl Bria is so that girl who's gonna be like sit down and be like oh my god i've been through so much like she's just <laughs> drama forward how else can we put it right oh gosh <laughs> so yes she says exactly what you mentioned and then she's like yeah so we had questions you know like we're we're just so confused by this yeah, and Tasia is unfazed. She tells her about the DMs. Yes. Like, he's been DMing people. Tasia says, 
Nick has been forthcoming with her about all the conversations, and she feels not an ounce of doubt in their relationship. Yes. This leads me to believe that they do maybe have kind of an understanding. It's like, hey, I'm on a trip, you're on a trip, maybe we won't be exclusive or whatever. Like, yeah. they, they don't seem to me to be like a strict monogamous couple. Right. And I also, I will say that I got the same sense. I felt like part of it, right, is that it seemed to me that there was good and active communication on Nick's part about what was going on mm-hmm. so that she wasn't blindsided. Um, and this is a theme that we will see just a moment about like respecting your partner um and i think part of it is making sure that you are never putting the person you're with in a situation where they can be embarrassed or made to be the fool because they don't know about something that's going on yeah yeah but after tisha makes that amazing statement about not an ounce of doubt bria says oh that's good and i just i It was so subtle, but I laughed so hard because I'm like, Bria, the way that you are both engaged in the conversation and also couldn't actually care less if you tried, the way that you're both stirring up trouble and trying to look like a very sweet person and the way that you're listening, but also not believing anything is... I mean, this is like a masterclass in how to be on a reality TV show, honestly. Seriously. But I don't even think, I mean, who knows? Maybe she is kind of self-producing, but it seems like this is just how Brio moves through the world. Like, I I don't know. It, It feels so genuinely her. Yeah, agreed. Right. Unfortunately, after this amazing interaction, we then cut back to jasmine and silas yeah and she's seems to have you know she's had a few drinks she's kind of ready to confront him and be like what basically like why do you keep doing this what is your problem like you're basically why do you talk to me the way you do he's like she he basically says like she's been effing stuff up and she's like i'm doing my best and he's like i just need you to give me a little bit more like stop you make too many mistakes. You're not trying hard enough. Right. And every time she tries to interject with something, he seems to, so he doubles down on this need for quote unquote acknowledgement. And I'm like, what? This is, this feels a little demented to me, right? You're saying you've made mistakes and I need you to not just apologize for the mistake, but also acknowledge that you made a mistake and that's why you're apologizing so that we can move forward. I'm like, that's not how things should work. And credit again to Jasmine. Maybe it was the drinks. Maybe it was the fact that they've been there for 14 days and she's been dealing with this the entire time. But she clarifies for him, like, listen, I'm already hard enough on myself as it is. You seeking this like sort of acknowledgement thing. I feel like you add to it. Like you're yeah. making it worse when I've ar- I already feel bad. Right. And I'm like, yeah, listen to your wife, Silas. Like, when does he ever acknowledge her? That's th- it's just like it's mm-hmm. all about him, his feelings. And she needs to acknowledge he doesn't even think about whether he's acknowledging her. It's like he doesn't even think that that's something he should be worried about. Mm-hmm. It's so he I mean, it's so one sided. It drives me crazy. Right. But I I again, I mean, I keep saying like big ups, props, shout outs, Jasmine. But I think that she seem to me to see things as clearly as the rest of the world in this episode. Yeah. I mean, 
I don't know if people have been – maybe she's had some conversations off screen where people are like, hey, like, this is rough. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But it's it's great to see her in this place because we've – yeah, we've had so many moments of her, like, kind of being removed or somehow or disassociated. And now it's like, okay, she's very present. She's calling it out. She says in confessional she wants to start couples therapy, like, the second they mm-hmm. get back to New York. She says, we're too early on for me to be this exhausted. Like, mm-hmm. thank you. Yes, exactly. Right. And then we see Silas again trying to justify his behavior. Oh, it's back to the routine. Right. When we're both treating our routines like it's a necessity and not an option, our issues will be resolved. Yeah, resolved for you. Yeah, that's what Jasmine's like, for you. Like, that's the thing. It's just like our issues are the issues. I Like, Silas is like, our issues, meaning problems that I have. Yeah. And when you've solved all my problems, then our issues are done. Yeah, it's, I just, it was such a weird take. And I really love to see Jasmine sort of stand her ground mm-hmm. and say, no, this is not a circumstance where these are things that we both need. This is something that you need, that you're imposing on me. And your entire focus on how to have solutions is not compromise. It's for me to completely give in to what you're saying and follow you as the leader. But Silas, you're not a good leader. Uh, no. <laughs> so they're, I guess everyone can tell they're having an intense conversation. And now Bria, a few wines deep, mm. shouts across the yard, Jasmine, you need my back? I got your back. <laughs> I love the things that you notice because all I wrote down was shots were taken. Like I don't, I don't have any, I have no memory of this interaction between Bria and Jasmine, but I think it's great because I will say that Bria's energy in that moment was very, Oh gosh, what's going on with the Coopers? We, we, we're here to have a good time. We, we got to ramp things up. You know what I mean? Yeah. And everybody kind of rushes over to just be like, hey, guys, it's not time to talk and argue. Like, let's keep partying. Right. And I will. It was funny to me because Jasmine's like, we're in the middle of something. We need to, like, have a discussion. And somebody says, yeah, but you don't need to have it right now. Tonight. Right. Like this. we're, We're here to have a good time. So let's have a good time. Let's take some shots. Let's enjoy ourselves because this is our last night in Martha's Vineyard. Yeah. Um, so they keep partying. Summer and Alex have a little talk mm. where they kind of plan to hang out when they get back to New York. Right. Oh man. He says, and it's actually my favorite phrase when I'm dealing with like people that I might like, but I don't know. I'm like, yeah, so hit me up. Hit me up. Right. It's just so nonchalant. It's perfection. And so, yeah, yeah he tells, he tells Summer to hit, like, hit me up when you're in, New- when you're in New York. Um, and then they split to the confessionals where they're each talking very consistently, I would say, right? Where Alex is talking about this sort of organic connection that he feels with Summer. And Summer is talking about how they have a lot in common and how she could maybe see something happening. But she's sort of just open and figuring it out. And I'm like, they would be a really cute couple. Totally. Uh, um, I also just want to point out that she tells him she loved his music and that it like really made her feel emotional. And he said, that's, I think that's what I'm here to do to make people feel things. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Alex has a purpose and it's to make us feel. Oh my gosh. Can we please give a secondary round of applause to Jules for catching all of the corny crap that comes out of Alex? I can't stop with Alex. I like can never let anything go. And that's the thing. I am so blinded by his like perfect teeth and beautiful skin and his like height and his smoothness. I, if, if I didn't trust you in, emphatically that we watched the same show and you saw all of it I would I'm like you're making that up Alex would never say something so corny and stupid that he would never do that oh man yeah but I will say like he can be very corny but I do believe now that we've really gotten to know him I think he's a good guy oh yeah I think everybody here almost everybody yeah right allegedly um (laughs) <laughs> Got to put that in just in case. Um, all you know, I think most of the people in the house are genuinely good people. Yeah. Right. Um, and then we have a little cute interaction with Amir and Jordan, where they're kind of checking in and talking. Mm. And Jordan says in confessional, like, I've really bonded with Amir, and he's actually like one of my close friends now. And Amir's like, oh, to the friend Friendship. zone I go. I loved it. <laughs> it was so it, was, it was so sweet and so cute. And I feel like there's so many guys who will make that seem as if it's something negative. But I think that the way that he described it, like clearly he wanted something different, but he respects Jordan enough to say, listen, she's been very clear about what she wants. So I'll see you in the friend zone. Yeah. <laughs> like it was, it was just so cute. And it's so such pure. a great way to, for, he's just dealt with it all like so beautifully. Yeah. And, gosh, love a mirror. Right. Oh man. So should we take a break? We should. Okay. okay. So after the sweetness of Amir and Jordan, we now switch to the saltiness (laughs) of uh, Simon and Bria. Right. So first we see it's a little confusing what's going on, but basically Bria's kind of like looking for Simon. He's like, she's like, you left me with Milo. Mm -hmm. And he's like oh i i don't need to do that right now or something like that Mm -hmm. it's it's unclear and she's like i want to talk to you outside they go outside and she's just kind of like yelling he's like you're bugging out right now and he's like you're disrespecting me he sounds calm she's like losing it she's like you're bugging out step back into reality cut it out like really mad for some reason summer comes outside and tries to sort of mediate for them. And Bria is mad. Basically, she's mad that Simon isn't watching Milo, but he's like, but you did not ask me to watch Milo. Mm -hmm. You just said you were mad because I wasn't watching him. I mean, it's kind of hard to fault that logic. Right. I must say I believe Simon's version. (laughs) But Bria's like a little bit out of her mind, and I think she's the kind of person, and I relate to this, once she's mad... Even if she has no reason to be mad, if she's not placated immediately, she's just going to, like, get even madder. Mm. And it's going to just become unreasonable. And, I mean, I've been there, but I think she's, like, she's bugging out. Which, and just so the point of clarification, she doesn't say bugging out. She says, you bugging. 
No, she says bugging out a few times. She said, you, I wrote you bugging. She says that too, but she says you're bugging out like a few times. Bugging out? Yeah. Ugh. The transcript, <laughs> like Jules is a transcriptionist. I'm so thankful for you because all I remember, and I'm like, is she from New York where she says you bugging? Cut it out. Cut it the f- out right now. And I'm like, yo, where are you from? Like, she might be from, like, New Jersey or something, I think. I don't know. Mm. Um, so, basically, she leaves Simon and Summer outside, and she storms inside and tells everyone, Simon needs to go. I don't want him in this house anymore. He's effing disgusting, and he's disrespectful, <laughs> and no one seems to pay it that much mind. They're like, okay, Bria. <laughs> She goes up to her room and she's so mad. She's mad that Summer is out there talking to him. She's like, you know, why is she trying to get involved? He's my man. Summer is clearly trying to mediate. Be like, okay, it sounds like you guys are just having a disagreement. Mm -hmm. You love each other. But it's also like, why are you doing this with two super drunk people? But also, I think Summer is also super drunk. Um, So while Bria's mad in her room, everyone's downstairs like turning up and there's a dance party and Bria comes back to try to get Simon to stop turning up, but he just kind of ignores her. Oh my gosh. <laughs> right. Everybody is dancing. Everybody's having such a great time. And then that's the moment when, wait, is it, I'm trying to remember the timeline of events because so much happened in this episode and it happened so quickly. So people are dancing on the table. They're not quite on the table yet. This okay. is when they're just dancing. And then Bria leaves to call her mom to complain. She says, he jumped in the pool with his clothes on. Mom, it's not funny. <laughs> her mom is clearly laughing. And I wrote down, not the mom being on his side. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But also, like, let's not forget that there is a portion while all of this is going on. So the real-time events that Jules mentioned, there's also cuts to confessionals that I'm assuming happen after the fact where Bria's like, don't get in between dick and pussy. You're not a therapist. Oh, my God. Yeah, she's so mad at Summer. <laughs> um, so then we cut back to the kitchen, and now Simon climbs up on the kitchen island and starts dancing. But what's funny is the rest of the party seems like slightly calmer now and everyone's just kind of standing around talking uh-huh. and he's just on the kitchen island dancing yeah um <laughs> everyone's like okay simon um so then he goes to their room and he just he's like bria you disrespected me and she's like shut up i'm talking to my mom let me talk to my mom <laughs> Now, this is when Summer decides to go and knock on their door. Like, oh, oh Summer. What's happening? Don't do it. Bria's like, can you not come in? I don't want anyone coming in for the night. But then Simon just goes and lets Summer in. Mm-hmm. Bria's like, you're fake. You're fake as F. Get away from my door. And Summer's like, don't talk to me like that. But it's also like, Summer, why are you in her room right now? She just said, don't go. Don't, don't come, come in. in. And then you're like mad that she's disrespecting you and yelling at you. Right. It was to me. I'm like, Summer, don't do this. You're, yeah. This is not going to end well. Um, so they kind of like get into a screaming match. And then Summer pushes Bria and Bria charges her. Oh, my gosh. And it, then production comes and like breaks them up. 
Mm-hmm. Summer kind of like escapes the situation, just goes back to her room. Right. But we, the, and I don't even want to call it the aftermath. So as Summer sort of leaves and she's sort of running down the stairs, not actually running, but she's moving quickly away from the situation. Bria is now like losing it. Production is holding on yeah, to her. Yeah, she's like screaming. Right. Milo is barking. Um, Jordan is screaming. The other house guests are confused about what's going on. People are sort of crowding around Bria to get her to both calm down and find out what's happening. She's like in tears, but then she's also kind of fighting to try and get to summer. And then she calms down slightly, but she's still very upset. It's pure chaos. And we see Simon sleeping. Yeah. Like she's, (laughs) she's so mad she's like yelling things she says like and she was trying to summer was trying to get between me and simon and he's not even my man anymore because he does i don't feel anything for him they cut to simon he's already found a couch and is just sleeping on the couch (laughs) i don't know how you get out of that situation and then immediately go to sleep but i guess if you've had enough to drink you're just ready (laughs) right i mean it was it was crazy there the to I will say that I was really struck because I forget until it happens, right? Because Jordan is like so beautiful and just comes off as so very soft that I forget like she's technically like a girl from Jersey. Mm -hmm. And so she's like screaming at the top of her lungs to Bria. Like she's yelling, you need to stop this shit. This isn't you. This isn't you. Stop this shit right now. And it sort of kind of deescalates, but it's, kind of scary if i'm being completely it's intense honest. yeah i mean i think bria's so little i think probably a lot of people are just sort of brush off her temper tantrums but like it is she's rageful right and one of the things that she says when she's in the room is just like why does everybody feel like they can put their hands on me like why is it that i'm the one that everybody keeps coming after because this as we know isn't the first time that somebody has pushed bria and ironically they push like summer pushed bria almost in the exact same manner that mariah did earlier in the season i mean yeah summer does say like she was really yelling in my face like she was way too close to me and yelling. And mm-hmm. I guess like, not that that's really okay, but I kind of understand if you actually feel like you need someone to like physically get away from you. Yeah. Yeah. But then again, you could just leave her bedroom. Right. Because <laughs> you weren't supposed to be in there anyway. It yeah. was, I mean, it was a, it was a tough one. So while all this is happening in Bria's room, Silas and Jasmine are in their room. <laughs> so guess what we're talking about? <laughs> Silas needs to discuss the happenings of the day and like really get some acknowledgement like this their bedroom is like a nightmare arena every time jasmine tries to go to sleep silas is like trying to get her to acknowledge something it's crazy right i think at some point and i don't remember if this is earlier on or later but jasmine says at some point in the episode it's like how many feelings do you gotta feel yeah like (laughs) And it's like, okay, I thought that this was done. Are we, we're still on that? Oh my gosh. So he says that she's disrespectful. So he's like, well, do you want to hear what I have to say? And she says like, I don't want to hear anything from you right now. (laughs) Then it's all about how she said that. Oh, you're disrespecting me. You're saying you don't want to hear from me. And then it's like, he won't let that go. It's like, why did you ask? Right. Um, And then she goes into the bathroom and he starts yelling at her. He's like, that coverage, that stability that comes with marriage, 
I promise you your life will change. Tomorrow your life yeah. will change is what he says. And I'm like, is he threatening her in some way? Like, what do you mean her and, life is going to change? Well, he's so sure that women need to be married to be protected that like he's like, I'll take it away from you and you won't be protected anymore. It's like, Silas, she will be fine. Yeah. And also, ew. I, I mean, yeah, gross on so many levels, but it's also like, what do you, where do you think we are? Is she going to be like like stoned in the village square like i think she'll be okay you'll probably have to give her money every month and she'll be like free to live her best life you're gonna have to pay alimony actually yeah. no right so at some point they're in this uh room and jasmine really breaks it down she's like you have you thought about how often and how many times you've disrespected me and when that happens do i like have a tantrum no i disengage She's like, I'm an adult. I know how to disengage when I'm feeling disrespected. Mm, this is yeah. something he does not. I mean, I think he could disengage if he wanted to, but it's like about getting her to admit to him that like she's wrong. Like he's so into that. Yeah. He doesn't seem to actually want to disengage and it's disheartening to see because Jasmine is clearly just trying to like move on. Like she really comes with like such great points and she doesn't get in her feelings when she's responding to him which I would probably find impossible because I would be so triggered and I'd be saying all kinds of crazy shit like I really admire the way she keeps handling him in these arguments Mm. although it's frustrating that like it doesn't get through to him no agreed I mean he's like sort of packing up all of the things he doesn't actually respond to anything that she's saying and we're sort of left to wonder like what's going to happen with this and then props to production because then they switch to Amir, Jordan, and Preston in another room. And they're having the time of their lives. Yeah, they're like eating. They're like, well, how do we not eat dinner? Right. Like eating oh. in Preston's bed. Right, and they're laughing and giggling. <sighs> and they're like, yeah. Well, meanwhile, the entire rest of the house is going through like the greatest level of stressful <sighs> The relationships arguments. are in peril. <laughs> Pure turmoil. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my goodness. So next morning, mm-hmm. the first thing that happens is Amir says goodbye. He has to say farewell mm-hmm. to our sweet Amir. And I just hope we'll see him soon. Yeah. Um, Bria talks to Simon. I love the way she puts it. She's like, last night was pretty rough. We both disrespected each other. Now, how do you want down? Um, how do you want to move forward from this? Right. And he says perfectly, he says, let it go. Yeah. He's like, I want to let it go. She <laughs> says, okay, let's let it go. And this is why she's a sorceress. <laughs> I feel like she designed him where she's like, if I say the words in this order, he will say he wants to let it go. No matter what I have done the night before. Oh my gosh. I, I wrote again with exclamation points, reality TV gold. Oh my God. It was and so it's like, good. Simon is truly such a champ because he can see the great parts of Bria. He doesn't let the bad parts get in the way. Yeah. I love how she, in confessional, she's like, and I slept on it. I felt better in the morning. It's like, you slept on it or you like slept off the wine. <laughs> right. She's like, here I am. I was about to like end my relationship with this mind, but with the man, look at me having an accent. I was going to end a relationship with this man, but he's, he's willing to do anything for me. And you know, I wanted to keep that like kind of thing. Like, yeah. but she says it in a way back to your point about her being a sorceress. She says it in a way where it seems like 
she's come to this realization that this is a good man, but that's not actually what she says, right? Mm -hmm. It's sort of like both things can be true. Either way, she came to her quote-unquote senses. Yeah, I mean, I agree that she should stay in a relationship with the millionaire who adores her and just wants to have great times with her and buy her things and let her wild out and still enjoys her company. That's probably a good relationship to stay in. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) So funny. So after she's able to reconcile things with Simon, Bria then goes to summer and they have a conversation yeah and summer immediately apologizes Mm -hmm. and she clearly feels bad i mean this girl has also sobered up the next morning and is like i really regret all of my decisions and she says she genuinely was trying to help and she doesn't looking back she like doesn't know why she thought she like she's like i felt like i saw what you guys were miscommunicating about and i could help but like i really should have stayed out of it right she's like yeah it wasn't your business and and summer to her credit admits like she admits that this is none of her business. She should have completely stayed out of it. And she is upset with herself for getting involved, becoming part of the crazy and then pushing her. Mm -hmm. Right. And I remember when I was watching this, I kept thinking to myself, I was like, so wait, did Bria and Summer know each other before this summer house experience I mean, they think they are all so, sort of connected in a group of friends so i bet that they've at least met oh i think there was some other time when bria was like acting crazy oh no never i'm thinking of shanice where like mm. summer knew of shanice i bet that they've all kind of had their moments with each other yeah okay um i also just thought back to mariah if only she'd had a morning after to like be able to sleep on it and apologize. Right. And I honestly, I also thought about Mariah and I remember the first time I watched this episode, I was kind of livid. Cause I'm like, so there's no big hoopla about what Summer did, which I think was technically worse because uh-huh. it was way more aggressive. And she was in her, Bria's room. Right. Like, yeah. But then um, when I watched it again, I realized that I think part of what really pissed Bria off was Mariah coming to the club and not acknowledging anything that had happened. I think that if rather than just sort of grinding on Phil or whatever it was Mariah was doing, (laughs) right, I think that if she had approached Bria and said, listen, I know that things got out of hand and I just want to apologize, I think it would have been squashed immediately. That's probably true. It's just sort of like interesting, the timing. It's like, well, because their altercation happens at the beginning of the night. Mm. And this one just happened at the end and everybody was like, just going to bed. Yeah. So, I don't know. Justice for Mariah. Absolutely. Um, so people kind of start saying goodbye and like we leave, you know, Jasmine and Silas are the last to leave mm-hmm. and Jasmine is just like, okay, we need to like get back and kind of start all over working on our relationship. Yeah. And so there's a book that everybody has signed and they decide, okay, this is how we're going to close this out. And I was sort of waiting on bated breath, like at the edge of my couch, like what's the, what's going to be yeah, it's the like their final, guest book. Yeah. right? Like what's going to happen? We don't find out what anybody writes in the book. I know. I was like, we we don't. Because I really thought I remembered like some kind of button of like, this is what happens. Right. And there was nothing. The last thing, the last audio from the episode is, bye, Mama Martha. And then the door closes. And that's the end end of the season. I'm like, the level of anticlimactic. Oh, my gosh. What? 
And yeah. I wait, I'm like, I must've messed something up. Like wh- where's the, right. You know, at the end of housewives where you have, Oh yeah. You know, and the, then we get reunions. I mean, so much content about what happens after the fact, but for this, we got nothing. We're going to need a season two reunion. Andy, I need one. So right? I know you're listening <laughs> to our important podcast, please. All right. Should we take a little break? Yes. Yes. Who is your queen of the episode? <sighs> okay. So for this, I feel like I went back and forth for a while, but I'm going to have to give my queen of the episode to Jasmine. I think that this was really the first episode that I saw her actually living up to the potential of wanting to be that strong, powerful woman, right? She was unwilling to let Silas walk all over her. She was very direct in how she responded to him, but she was also really vulnerable with her friends about like her marriage and her concerns. And it made me feel like she was a real person um, to be that candid, to be that honest about something that can be so difficult. I think for that, for those reasons, that's, she's my queen. Yeah, I would have to say I agree with you for all of those reasons. And then I was just really admiring her argument style. Mm. Like, you know, it's not easy to like clearly articulate yourself, especially when someone's kind of poking at you, trying to upset you, um, gaslighting you, acting like they don't understand what you're saying. Like she was a really strong communicator in those moments. Mm. And I aspire to be so good under pressure. Um <laughs> But I, while she is my queen, uh, Bria is a close second. Of course. of course. Only because of the moment <laughs> of what do you want to do? I want to let it go. Like that is queen shit. There's no other, there's no other definition of queen shit other than that. <laughs> valid, valid, valid. Okay. Well, given that, who would be your king of the episode? Okay. I have to give honorable mention to Nick because Mm -hmm. he planned the party and he really handled things well with his girlfriend, Tasia. But ultimately, my king is Amir. Mm. I just like love what a good friend he's been to Jordan, how realistic he is about like the importance of his own feelings versus like the woman he's interested in. Like he has a great attitude and he's so cute and I just love him. Oh, my gosh. I love that. Um, I would actually agree about Amir. Um, I think that for me, he was number one, the only person in the entire house and the entire episode that wasn't involved in any drama, um, which is tough to do in this house. And he also seemed to be really just, I think that he grew the most during the season, like, I feel like he got the most out of the experience. Like he talked about how excited he was and how sad he was really to leave and to go back to Texas and to not see these people. So you can tell that he, he's like forged these like deep friendships with these folks. And for me, I I think that he had a great season and that he's a king. Absolutely. He is a true king. Yeah. Okay. Who's your joker? Oh, geez. Who could it be? (laughs) Right. Silas was, 
I mean, this was a heightened level of toxicity in this in this episode. And I sincerely, genuinely hope that he and Jasmine have begun couples therapy and that he's also in individual therapy for his control issues. Because if they manifest themselves in that way, right, speaking as not obviously any sort of mental health professional, but if they manifest themselves in that way on a TV show, I can't imagine how they would manifest when people are incredibly comfortable with the privacy of their own homes. And I I think that it's something that really needs to be addressed, honestly. Yeah, I I hope that if they're in therapy, he's the kind of person who will actually go in and kind of be ready to work on himself. Like, I haven't really seen evidence of that. But yeah, he's also my joker. I mean, when you said, I sincerely hope, I was like, that they're broken up. (laughs) (laughs) Like, if there's a way to work on it, great. Like, I also feel like sometimes it's okay to be like, we're not going to work on it. I'm just going to find a different relationship. That's okay. Um, I hope that Jasmine feels like she can do that if she needs to. Mm. And I am dying to find out what's going on with him. And I'm not even going to Google it or anything. I'm just going to wait till season two. Right. See whatever the updates have been. I'm fascinated. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm so excited. Like, we, I can't wait to see where they are in season two. Um, but no. I mean, listen, I'm not trying to cape for Silas. But I feel uh, like. I, don't, I didn't think you were. Right. <laughs> But I will say that despite his toxicity, I do think that he seems to genuinely love Jasmine. And I think that Jasmine really wants her marriage to work. And I think that's why I'm hopeful for them. But to your point, I I can't sort of agree strongly enough that if the relationship isn't working, there's absolutely nothing wrong with walking away and finding something that is a better fit for you. Yeah. I guess I would love it if Silas could just like take a look at his actions. It helps to have some of this stuff on film. Like right. this is what you're doing. Right. Um, so hoping for the best, but even if the best is them not being together anymore, we shall see. <laughs> right. Well, <laughs> we have season two, but I guess that concludes our discussion of Summer House Martha's Vineyard season one. Yes. Okay. So you may be wondering, what are they going to cover next? Mm. We've got a plan. Yes. We're doing Real Housewives of Atlanta season five. And we selected this season in part because it is the season that introduces us to the icons who are Kenya Moore and Portia Williams. Both incredible housewives. This cast for season five is amazing. We've got Nini. We've got Cynthia. We've got Phaedra. Oh, Phaedra Parks. The best. Oh, I love her so much. Um, it's going to be a great time. I hope you guys will join us. And if you've never watched Real Housewives of Atlanta, season five is actually a great place to start. Yeah. If you absolutely love it and want to go back, like one through four can also be fun. But like, you don't need to really know anything. You could just mm. come into season five and let it wash over you with its beauty and <sighs> drama. Oh my goodness. I can't. There's no way I could have said that any better. Listen to Jules, ladies and gentlemen. She knows her stuff. Yes. Yeah. 
I'm so excited. Yeah. So we'll see you next week with a fresh new episode, Real Housewives of Atlanta, season five, episode one. Yes. Oh, I can't <laughs> wait. Bye. Bye. Double Vision is created by Jules and Keens. Starring Jules and Keens. Produced and edited by Juliana Tringali-Golden.